Um, we're in a series on Lent called Listening Towards Jesus. And um, uh, uh, thank you. Um, obedience in absurd times is, is kind of our theme. And we looked at the story of the transfiguration last Sunday. Um, and one of the things that we want to be inviting us to is when we think about obedience, Henry Nouwen des- describes obedience as listening towards Jesus. Um, and doing so, kind of turning towards Jesus and turning away from all the things that can distract us from that. And so our friends are, are doing the beginning of an art installation of naming a number of things, like sirens driving down a street, that can distract us um, in life from listening towards uh, that which Christ is calling us towards during this Lenten season. Um, and so we talked about some of the cultural noise that distracts us last week, um, as well as the noise internally that can kind of come from those distractions. Um, and looked at Nowen's uh, definitions of praying as listening to God's voice of love, listening towards that voice of love. Um, and that when we don't do that, our lives can become absurd lives in which we are thrown back and forth between the past and the future and have a hard time settling into and experiencing God's presence in the, in the current and in the present. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of different things for Lent. Um, what are some of the themes of Lent that you've heard from the past? This is the, uh, let's do a little bit of participation wake-up activity here. What are some, the- when you think of Lent, what are some of the themes that you typically think of when you think of moving through Lent, either individually or as a church? Fasting. Yeah. What's that, Juliana? Yeah, mortality, our mortality, remembering our death, our mortality, yeah. What else? Repentance, thanks. Yeah. Kind of connected with those, discipleship um, is a big theme. Um, it's a really intentional season for the church calendar, and we want to we do that as a church this year. So there's a few things we're, we're doing. Um, we're going to have six weeks of, for five weeks of teaching on Jesus and listening to Jesus. And so we're going to look at a gospel story here in a second. Um, we've created prayer beads. I've got mine up here. And if you would like to create some prayer beads, you can do that in the back. As always, we have prayer candles and we have this art installation also that's going to be going in. Um, also, a little, little heads up. Um, for the next five weeks, our juice, is we're going to be using red vinegar. So worn young people as they return back or just uh, maybe let them know also. Um, and the reason we're doing that is to, to acknowledge some of these themes of repentance, of the, the difficulty of life, um, the realities of our mortality, and, and that Lent holds some of that. The, the reality of following Christ entailing carrying our cross sometimes. And so we're going to have um, the, the, the wine uh, for the next five weeks be able be a little more bitter than, than sweet. Um, and then we'll be singing the St. Patrick's Prayer song like Jonathan had mentioned. Um, I want to invite you to turn to a neighbor. What is a, a Lenten practice that you have either done in the past or you're planning on participating in this, this Lent um, that has been meaningful for you? 
So turn to a neighbor, a, a Lenten practice that has been meaningful for you in the past or something you've, you've participated in or something that you're hoping to uh, implement this current Lent season as a way to listen towards Jesus. I'll give you a couple minutes to do that. Go for it. All right. Let's, uh, let's come back together. And uh, I'm going to read our scripture passage for this morning. And uh, we'll open this up together. Uh, this is from, uh, as we're going to be doing the lectionary passages for uh, the, the next Lenten for this season. And what that means for anybody who's unfamiliar with that is that we're reading some of the same stories that other churches all around the world are reading, uh, which is, brings some beautiful solidarity and kind of togetherness with, with the global church. So this is from Mark chapter 1, starting verse, with verse 9, going through verse 15. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the Spirit, like a dove, coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, You are my Son, whom I dearly love, and you I find happiness. At once, the Spirit forced Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, announcing God's good news, saying, Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. This is the word of the Lord. Um, in the lectionary, actually, six weeks ago was the baptism story of Jesus. The baptism story of Jesus is something that we've, we've explored many, many, many times um, as, a, as a church. Um, and it's this beautiful image, right, of John the Baptist baptizing people, Jesus submitting to that baptism. And that when he goes through the water, very similar to the people of God in the Exodus, they walk through the parting of the seas and he's raised to new life. And the spirit, like a dove, comes down and there's this, this message that we've explored many, many, many times. That Jesus is God's child, whom God loves, and with whom God is well pleased. Uh, it's very similar to the, the passage last week that we looked at of the transfiguration, except for there was this invitation to listen um, as well. And then the story goes on. Um, and that's where I want to focus today. Um, the, uh, my friend Randy is a, um, a wildlife photographer, and he lives up near the Lake Tahoe area in the place called Susanville, and he has, at this point, gone all over the place taking pictures of wildlife. And so this is a picture he took in Alaska um, of, uh, clearly, a bear going after some fish. Um, and so he's, he had this one trip to Alaska where he's got these amazing pictures, but most of his pictures come from his backyard and just the surrounding area of where he lives. And so some of the pictures he's gotten, um, whether on still like cameras that he kind of places in trees or bushes or just with his own camera, uh, he's got an amazing, amazing um, just collection of these pictures. This is, and he's had multiple photos. I think this is the latest that have won like California state competitions. 
Um, but these that I'm showing you right now, they come from his, his backyard. Some of them literally, like there's a little campfire he, him and his family sit at, and he places some pictures, and they snap these shots of all these creatures coming through their backyard up in, in the Susanville area. His most famous picture um, is he got a picture of, of this gray wolf here on the right, uh, which was one of the first photos of a gray wolf in the state of California um, that had just recently migrated over in the last few years because they'd been extinct in, or out of California for quite some time. Um, so lots of wildlife. This one was right in his backyard. He has some great shots of this, of this cat. Um, and the best one being this one right here, staring straight into his camera in his backyard. One time we were visiting them, this was 20 years ago, and I decided to go for a walk. And uh, I went for a walk around their, their property, and I don't remember, to be really honest, what exactly... I was thinking, but I just kind of walked and was doing some praying and just some thinking, and I, I got lost on their property. I had taken some turns and didn't quite realize where I was, and so what was going to be, you know, just like a 30-minute walk turned into an hour, turned into an hour and a half, at which point Ari is getting nervous, I was told later, turned into two hours. I wasn't really stressed, but I was kind of like, shoot, i got to figure out how to get back here. At two hours, Randy started getting nervous. Um, two and a half, knowing all these creatures are just around where I'm, where I'm walking. Um, and finally, after a couple hours, two and a half hours, I, I, I made my way back and I figured out the turns that uh, I had made and, and needed to repeat on the, way, on, the, on the way back to their home. Um, sometimes when we're in a wilderness experience, we're afraid. Um, I wasn't at this time. Um, sometimes, though, when, when our loved ones are in wilderness experiences, we also can get afraid. That was the case of this story with Randy and, and Ari, Randy's wife, Jill. Um, wilderness spaces um, are scary. They're unnerving. They're disorienting. Um, they, they invite us to ask the big, like, questions of life. Um, the, the ones that really matter. Um, the values questions. The identities questions. The, the life and death questions. Um, and I just think it's so interesting that Jesus' ministry begins... In a wilderness. Um, we love, we love, I love the baptism story, right? The spirit comes down like a dove and says these beautiful things about Jesus. But right after that in the story, we read that that same spirit, that same dove, <laughs> immediately drives Jesus out into the wilderness. Um, and that Jesus is there for 40 days, that Jesus is tested, um, and he was with the wild beasts, um, and that angels 
waited on him. There's a couple things I think I want. It's, I think are important to highlight. No, first is this number forty, right? Number forty is is a very consistent number throughout scriptures. Noah and the flood uses the num- the number forty, right? The forty the flood is for forty days and forty nights. Um, Moses on Mount Sinai with God is forty days and forty nights. The scouts who go from the, their the exile or excuse me the the, their time in the wilderness into the promised land, they're there for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, the prophet Elijah, when he's being pursued by Queen Jezebel, he flees for 40 days. Um, and then, of course, even Jesus' ascension to heaven is, is 40 days after his, his resurrection. And so this number 40 is, is important, and primarily it's important in a symbolic kind of way, where um, on one level it just represents a long period of time. That Jesus is, whoops, Jesus is in the wilderness for a while, and it's a time of struggle, and a time of testing, um, and then generally this number forty also means that it's a time of special preparation for some kind of whatever's next, for for some kind of season that is coming, and so. For Noah and the flood, it's, it's this preparation for God's new creation and covenant with God's people and, and all of creation. With Moses, the covenant's renewed. With the Israelites in the wilderness, they're, they're, they're preparing to move into the land of promise. For, for Elijah, it's this preparation to be, like we talked about last week, this prophet, this truth teller. Um, and of course, with Jesus, he's preparing right now for his public ministry and his, the 40, 40 days after his resurrection is, is, is preparing for this new season of the church of which we, we are still a part. Um, and so 40 is always this, this time of preparation. And so what I wonder about today is, is for you. What, what is this, what wilderness do you want to hold in your mind and heart right now as we look at this story? And I want to invite you to to think of that. Um, in the church calendar, we've got the season of Lent. It's, it's our wilderness time built into the church calendar. And it's 40 days. Um, it's a time of preparation. So maybe this morning as we look at this story of Jesus, maybe you want to think about your, your Lenten practice over the next five weeks. Is there something about this season and this idea of wilderness that, that might help you make meaning. Um, but maybe for many of us, it's, it's not this, this like liturgical season. It's, it's a time of life that you're in right now. Maybe you don't need the help of a, a liturgical calendar to think about wilderness. Maybe it's a season you've, you've lived through recently or a season you're living through right now. Um, I wonder what it would mean to hold that wilderness in your mind and your heart as we look at this story of Jesus in the wilderness, um, in a similar spot um, that we can find ourselves in. So whether it's whether you're looking at this just to, to learn about Jesus, that'd be great too. Um, or placing yourself in this story, whether in Lenten practice or just in life. Um, I just want to highlight a couple things um, from here. Um, one, again, it, it, is, it is a wilderness. Um, and wilderness invites, um, why does that keep doing that? Sorry. Um, it invites struggle and testing. And the word used here that the Spirit 
drives Jesus out into the wilderness to be tested, to be tempted, to be trained. There's something about wilderness times that is training for what is, what is next. And that can raise big questions depending on what we're thinking about in terms of wilderness. Because some of the wilderness experiences we have are quite cruel. Um, they're quite painful. Um, it raised big questions about why God would allow us to go through these seasons. Um, and I just want to say we want to just hold that together right now. That there are seasons in our life that we would describe as wilderness. That we just we don't have good answers as to why we're going through them. Um, and some of those questions, they frankly, they won't be answered for quite some time or, or on the other side of, of eternity. Um, but we can hold those together and be honest about that. And yet still affirm that God is with us in those wilderness times, even if we can't quite understand why we're experiencing them. Um, Tracy Chapman, I mentioned her last week too. Um, she has a great song. It says, if you knew that you would die today, very Lenten theme, um, you saw the face of God and love, would you change? Would you change? I, want, I, I could sing it for you. If you knew. No, we'll, we'll play it later. Um, uh, this is a beautiful Lenten question and, um, and wilderness question. If you if you knew that you would die today and faced and saw the face of God and love, would you change? Would you change? Wilderness invites us to change, to taking a deep look, an honest look at ourselves and at the world um, and to consider what, what, what's a, the next faithful step of change for me um, in this time. Um, <clears throat> the first thing about, about wilderness uh, that I think that we learn is that wilderness is often a place where our covenant or our, our relationship with God, the covenant that we have with God, is worked out um, in real time. Um, that it's not just some theological idea out there, but it's the grit and grind of real life that helps us understand this covenant that we have with a loving and living and faithful God. Um, you know, in the, in the Hebrew scriptures, uh, the people of Israel, they, they come out of Egypt and they, they don't go directly to the land of promise, right? They have to go through this wilderness time. Jesus comes out of the baptism. He doesn't go directly into his ministry. He goes into these 40 days of temptation and testing and training. Um, and it's a question as, as to what, what, there's something about this that, that God uses God allows um, our wilderness times um, that there's real like change and growth that's needed to prepare us for whatever is is next, whatever God has on the horizon. Um, Moses says repeatedly to Pharaoh, um, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews sent me to you with the message, let my people go. So they can worship in the desert. Moses doesn't say, let my people go so they can go to the land of promise. He says to Pharaoh, you got to let my people go because they need to learn how to worship God in the desert. Um, there's going a little bit deeper. Um, if, 
if the people of Israel had gone straight from Egypt to the land of promise, if, if history is, is, is accurate, so many times people who've been oppressed, who very quickly get into positions of power or, or um, places where they are now people with power and privilege, um, the same kinds of behaviors end up happening. Um, some people are oppressed because others are oppressors, but then history attests that sometimes when a people are freed, they quickly become oppressors. Um, and the problem is that both can share a common set of values, they can agree on basic issues, but just disagree on the present arrangement of those things. So it seems like this time of wilderness for the Israelites is a time where God is got to teach them a new way of being so they don't just go into the land of promise and repeat what the Egyptians had done to them. Does that make sense? Um, it's interesting to think about that with Jesus. Um, what, is, what is it that God is training Jesus in this wilderness? Um, what are these temptations um, that, God, that Jesus is experiencing um, in order to get him ready for the, what God has called him to. Um, Jesus is tempted by a set of values um, potentially much different than, than the values that God wants him to be proclaiming. Um, he's been um, told he's going to be the Messiah. He, we, we see him tempted throughout his life, right? He's temp- At one point, he's tempted to stay and heal Peter's mother-in-law and yet has this strong sense, no, I've, that's not what I'm here for. I need to, I need to go and proclaim. At, at another point, Peter is tempting him, right? He's, he's telling him what the Messiah is supposed to be like. And Jesus says, get behind me. Um, even on the cross, he's tempted to come down and to, to do something uh, much different. Um, maybe he's tempted to be a different kind of Messiah. And, and in this desert time, God has to teach him. No, this is what it's going to look like. Maybe he's tempted like the people of Israel to just stop. Like, I don't want this call. I don't want to be the Messiah. Um, maybe he's tempted to go back um, to old ways of, of thinking and, and being, kind of like the people of Israel are when they say they just want to return to Egypt. Um, we might call that like a, a, a desire for nostalgia. Sometimes we have that kind of um, desire. Or we're tempted. Oh, man, if we could just go back, probably way back to when... Life was easy, or life was clear, or um, I had no problems, or um, I liked how things were working in my workplace, or my church, or my family, or, or my hobbies, or what, whatever, whatever it might be. Nostalgia is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, A lot of times we'll hear in our culture, oh, we need to, we need to go back to the Bible, right? 
What does that mean? That's like back to some kind of nostalgic way of, of, of you know, what somebody might consider the good old days. And for many, many people, the good old days weren't so good. Um, we rarely talk about like, let's go forward with the Bible. Like, what does is, what is the Bible invite us to in the future? Um, something different, something fresh, something new. Um, and so Jesus' temptation, it's not some like debate with the devil that we're reading about, but it's, it is a 40-day life or death spirit-authorized struggle um, in a very vulnerable place. Um, and it's beautiful to think about our Messiah being in places where we have found ourselves too. Challenging wilderness experiences where we don't have all the answers that is spirit allowed at least. Um, and maybe some change that God wants to do. Um, Maya Angelou writes, um, I am capable of what every other human is capable of. This is one of the great lessons of war and life. Um, perhaps this was something Jesus was working out in the desert. I am capable of being that kind of Messiah. Um, I want to work this out. Maybe for us in the wilderness times we're in, wow, I am capable of being this way to someone, of thinking this, and God is, is working on our, our hearts in different ways. Um, the, second, the second reality of, of wilderness is that, again, it's a time of testing. Um, and the Spirit, again, is the, is the one that drives Jesus out into the wilderness. Um, and another great Maya Angelou quote says, We delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but rarely admit the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty. Lent is a season where we don't focus on the butterfly right away. We focus on the process and the work that it takes. Um, and it's involved in moving towards um, the newness that God might have for us. Um, and so, again, the, the wilderness is a place of extremes. Um, there's like these clear-cut choices. Uh, maybe Lent is a season where we want to allow ourselves to, to just take a, um, take a step back. Like, what are, the, what are the very simple but yet challenging and hard questions that I want to be asking, that God might want me to be asking about life and what's important? Um, life and death. Um, sin and forgiveness. Um, uh, the big questions are, are what we're invited to consider during this season of Lent. Um, last week we looked at this passage where God said that light should shine out of the darkness. He is the same one who's shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus, in this wilderness time, he's in the darkness. He is sorting out important things. Um, and without which, we don't, we don't get the, the story that, that has, has captured us. Um, 
So the, the wilderness is a place of covenant. It's a place of testing. Lent is a place where we work out our covenant with God and is also can be a place of testing and training for us. Um, finally, um, the wilderness is a place of presence. Um, that despite the, the temptations and the trials that Jesus is going through, the passage said what? That God that the angels were with him, the, the messengers of God were with him. And so wilderness is also a profound place of presence. Um, we think about the story of Moses in the burning bush. I am, who, who, has, who will I say has sent me? I am has sent me. I am who I am. I will be who I, I will be. Um, in our times of of wilderness, whether it's Lent or life, um, there, there are times to, to, to remember this is right where God's presence is, even when it is incredibly challenging or I'm asking the big, big questions. Um, wilderness is a place to nurture this belief that God is with us, um, that God might be, you know, might have allowed us to be in a very challenging season but that God is indeed um, with us. And so these, these fundamental questions we, we end up asking. Um, who am I? Uh, as a church, as, as people, this Linton season, I invite us to think about that. Who am I? Um, God, who, what, are, what, what do I want to be about? God, who do you want me to be in 10 years, 20 years? How do I, how do I start being that now? Um, big questions is like, what is my life for? Um, are my priorities in a place um, where I want them right now? Um, and if they're not, God, your presence is with me to, to sort those out, um, to make some changes to spend my time a little differently, to spend my money a little differently, to, to focus on things that maybe I haven't, and to say no to some other things so that I can do that. Um, in our Ash Wednesday liturgy, um, we read this, and I, and I think this is a, is a beautiful invitation for us uh, for this Lenten season, um, and it connects with our, our art install that's going on over there. Lent is a season to acknowledge where we are. We might be angry. We might have noise. We might be lonely. Um, we might feel empty. Um, we might be prioritizing things that we're not so sure that's what we want to be prioritizing. Lent is a season to acknowledge where we are so that we can receive the newness that God is bringing in Christ. What do you need to get honest about today with God, with yourself? What noise in our world, in our society, in yourself do you need to turn away from and with open hands offer to God? How might God be inviting you to listen toward the voice of Jesus in this season? Is there something you want to let go of? Or abstain from this season? Is there something you want to try on, like Jonathan was mentioning, and say yes to? 
um, or commit to. An abstaining or a practice that might help you listen towards Jesus this, this season. Um, and so with, with the ashes, we, we invited people to, to consider them a mark of our trust in the faithfulness of Christ, um, who has been through the wilderness, um, who's, who's experienced the vulnerability we might experience, who's asked the big questions that we might dare asking ourselves this Lenten season um, and experience God's presence with him. Um, trusting in the faithfulness of Jesus to hold all of who we are, our whole world, and to invite us toward newness today. Um, so again, I don't, I don't know if a read of this is, is a, it could be a wonderful thing to just read about Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, um, to know that, that Jesus went through struggle like, like we did. Um, it can be another thing to, to think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really press into Lent this year and, and all that this season invites us to and offers um, as a wilderness time. I'm going to ask some big questions. I'm going to set, set, set aside some time to pray and to to ponder in preparation for Easter. Um, and also maybe it's a, it's a time to, to help you understand a real season of life that you're in, a real wilderness season. And to remember that it's in those times that we work out our covenant with God, um, that our covenants with God become life and blood and skin and breath. Um, in those wilderness times, that these wilderness times are opportunities for growth and for change, as painful as they might be, as disorienting as that they might be. The good news is that, that even Jesus has gone through them and there's growth that's possible in them. Um, and there are certainly opportunities to be reminded by your church and by the scriptures, but hopefully just in really... Um, experiential ways to to be reminded that God's presence is with us in those wilderness times. Um, God, how do, how do I turn towards you in these in these times and turn away from from some of these um, this noise that keeps me from focusing on you? Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to sing a sing a song together um, and I just want to invite you to prepare for the table. Um, prepare for um, coming and, and celebrating this meal together um, where we are, we are fed and nourished by God for seasons such as this, for seasons of Lent, for seasons of wilderness. Um, and we'll eat some bread um, and we will, we will take the cup. And, and for, these, for this season, uh, it's a cup of, it's a little bit more bitter, um, but which... which is not something to avoid. It's not something to um, ignore. Um, seasons of wilderness invite change, and therefore seasons of wilderness are grace, as bitter and as, as challenging as they can be, um, because God is with us in them, um, doing something, working something, changing. So let's, let's sing together and prepare ourselves. And when the kids return, we'll, we'll come and we'll, 
we'll take the food, the meal together.